Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, your Miss Jefferson County 2022. Today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mark Hostetler, who is a USDA aquaculture research biologist. How are you today, Mr. Hostetler? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on this interview. So go ahead and tell me about yourself and your agricultural background. Um, I grew up in the central part of West Virginia, and uh, my background was I went to West Virginia University, got a degree in agriculture education. I taught for 12 years in the central part of West Virginia, uh, Philip Barber High School. Um, I left there in 2002 and came to work for the USDA, and ever since then, I've been a, a biologist here for the Agricultural Research Service. So. It's kind of my background. I, I have four children. I've adopted two more. So now I have I have six and uh, I have uh, four grandchildren. And, you know, so we're all just tip of the death of, of what we have and what we have to offer here. Um, glad to work in West Virginia. I'm glad I was able to stay in West Virginia. So amazing. So tell me about the National Center for Cool and Cold Water Aquaculture. And then, of course, your role at this facility. OK. Um, the, this facility was dedicated in um, August of 2001. And of course I came to work here in uh, July of 2002. So uh, very shortly after this building was dedicated. Um, this, the challenges we have here in aquaculture, um, we try to meet those as far as dealing with uh, genomics, uh, dealing with the physiology, um, any of the research aspects may have issues or problems come up uh, fillet yields of fish, uh, animal health, uh, disease problems that um, aquaculturists may have. All those things are worked with and, and dealt with through our facility. We have an, a number of stakeholders throughout the United States that uh, work with us uh, here at the National Center for Cold, Cold Water Aquaculture. Um, basically, our research is limited to uh, rainbow trout. However, we have uh, worked with folks on other species of fish uh, and did some crossovers and those type of things. So um, most of what we do isn't just limited to West Virginia. Um, it's pretty, you know, it's nationally open and, and we deal with folks uh, uh, from most of the states uh, in the United States, so. Amazing, and then your role specifically, so you're an aquaculture research biologist, correct? Yeah. So what I'm, do you deal with specifically? Well, believe it or not, I came here and volunteered, a little background, I, I volunteered here in um, March of 2002. And I was honestly just volunteering so I could take it back to my local high school. I loved it here. I was offered a position, came to work here in July of that year. And I just worked myself up to being um, a research biologist. And it's been a blessing for myself and my family. The, the opportunities here to learn, the ARS is a, a tremendous um, agency to work for. Um, they give you a a lot of opportunities to advance yourself and, and give you those skill sets, help you in training yourself and, and move yourself on. I think this would be a wonderful opportunity for a young person that is interested not only in aquaculture, um, but protecting our environment, um, you know, in improving the waterways, being able to use those. Um, so that's that's been kind of my role uh, here. I now am the supervisor of the broodstock facility we have. So that's kind of where I have transitioned myself into that. And I've been doing that now for about the last four years. Amazing. Um, you know, so yeah, and, and it's a lot of fun. 
Well, good. So I've been doing a little bit of reading too. Um, by growing our aquaculture production and then conducting research within this field, there are more opportunities for recreational activities and, of course, healthy seafood options for the people of West Virginia. So what work specifically is being done to support the growth of the West Virginia aquaculture production in this facility? We have uh, quite a few stakeholders that we work with throughout uh, West Virginia. Uh, those are individuals that do processing of uh, fish products or aquatic products. Those are individuals that have fee fishing type facilities. So if you're doing a fee fishing type facility, being able to have a wholesome product, being able to have a product that is, you know, um, healthy for the individuals to eat, um, being able to maintain that watershed or maintain the protection, protection of it, that's huge in that. So, so we work with those folks on, on that. And a lot of times that's hands-on. Other times it's simply us passing on information, uh, being able to serve as kind of um, the knowledge base for those groups. A lot of farmers don't want, they don't want you to give the paper. You know, they want to know the, it, the bits about the paper. Okay, what best helps me with me dealing with the disease problem I may have? I have a gill disease that's come up. How can I best... Uh, take care of that or be able to uh, change um, those things to make I, my products uh, grow faster. Because that, that is something we all, we all want We go fishing. We want to catch that big fish. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing or lie about it, whichever it might be. But we need to work with those folks so that when they, uh, someone comes to their facility, catch the fish, it looks like a rainbow trout, for example. Right. And, you know, and, and that there's something they're very proud of the product. And, and that product came from West Virginia. So that, and that's something that I think uh, people that live and work in West Virginia, I think that's something they're very proud of. I think agricultural people are very tight knit. Um, they are people that really just share their knowledge, but at the same time, uh, there's someone that wants to make sure that the product that they give or the product they provide is of the quality it needs to be. Perfect. Right. Now, what is something that the people of our state can do to ensure environmental sustainability at home? Uh, you know, I, I, th I thought a lot about that. And I, 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 guess, I guess something that we need to think about, and I, and I always go back to something that my grandparents used to say, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. You know, I, I think if we teach people to recycle, and if, an example would be if I teach my children to recycle, and then you teach your children to recycle. If everyone in the state of West Virginia taught to teach their children to recycle, can you imagine what that would be, what the impact that would have? And then think of it nationally, think of it worldwide. I mean, to me, that's how you think this. So the needle in the haystack, it's okay to be the needle. My grandmother always said that. It's okay to be that needle in the haystack. Some, they don't always have to find you, but you're there, you're part of it. So if you can do your part, and I think for the most part, most farmers or the people that we deal with, there's no one I deal with that doesn't or isn't concerned about the environment. I think our whole educational programs that not only state or federal agencies have provided and the knowledge they provided has allowed those farmers or has allowed those folks in agriculture to use less. If we can use less and we can produce the product in which we want and it's a product in which we can sell, I think that's huge. I don't care if you're selling strawberries or if you're selling pigs or you're selling fish, it really doesn't matter. The product in which you're selling needs to be a wholesome product and a healthy uh, for, for the folks you're selling to. And so many of our people are now finding those niche markets, especially out here in the panhandle, 
they're not just selling to West Virginia. I mean, let's face it, we got Maryland, Virginia, uh, other states that come in, Pennsylvania, and, and they're coming to our farmers markets to buy these products. You know, we got folks that are selling rabbits, we got folks that are selling poultry, eggs, whatever it might be. And, and there's those people traveling in here. I see all the time, we're talking what, 60, 70 miles, and I'll see license plates from DC. Yeah. And they're at our farmers markets. So that tells you they're coming in, they want that product they had, they want what we got. So we need to be very conscientious that we are stewards of the environment, that we want to take care of the environment. And when they drive into our facility, our farmer's market or whatever, they see that we're trying to protect what we have and that what we have means something to us. Um, and, and they take that back. I mean, you know, so if they go, if, they're, if they take it back to their facility and, and they see us recycling and they recycle, then, then you pay that. You may never know that in your life. We, sometimes we never know who we impact in life. Um, I've, I've always said, if no one ever becomes who you are because of you, who are you? Someone should always want to be you. You should work to have someone to become Elizabeth, to become Mark, to become John, whoever it may be. It doesn't matter. And that person becomes a biologist or that person becomes a grad student simply because you encourage them to go do this. Um, they're in aquaculture because you encourage them to do those things. I think that's that's what we all have as a responsibility. And to me, I think that's all part of protecting our environment is us passing on that knowledge and and that we can we can do this with less. I think I think for lack of terms, I think that works very well. That's phenomenal phenomenal advice. And I really hope my viewers at home that are watching this kind of take that to heart. So thank you very much for sharing. That. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. What do you think is the most challenging thing about working in agriculture or environmental sciences? Uh, I think the challenges we all have is finding that market that we can move our product. Okay. We know our product's good, but sometimes we have the issues of being able to market it, be able to put it forth to others. We're afraid that somebody won't like it. We really are. We, we are a group that we will raise something that is amazing. The best tasting strawberries there are, but we just forget to take and promote it and tell people they're the best strawberries that are. Then you go to a local store or whatever and you buy strawberries and you're disappointed. Oh, mine tastes so much better. Well, you know what? If you want rid of yours, get out there along that road and promote yours. All you gotta do is give a few away. You won't have a problem selling the rest. So challenges in agriculture are that every day you get up, and you're gonna be disappointed. Every day you get up, it is gonna be a new day and you're gonna be like, I got to do this, I love doing this. And that's the big thing is you just need to love what it is. It doesn't matter if it's my job or if it's your job, you have to love what you're doing. You just gotta love it in life and keep a smile on your face and move on. I think it's hard sometimes for us in agriculture because we in the past have been a situation where we have a hard time in West Virginia getting rid of a lot of our products. I think that's, that's the hard challenges. And it depends on where you are in West Virginia. If you're here where we are in a panhandle, not so tough. Sometimes when you go to the central part of West Virginia, it's a little tough. Our market's quite a bit different. So you got to understand your market. There's a big challenge. Understanding that I can charge $3 a dozen for eggs here. You may not be able to charge that in the central part of West Virginia. Understand in the central part of West Virginia, you may not sell apple butter. Over here, 
you make apple butter, it's going as fast as you can produce it. Right. You know that. So even though we raise all these apples and we have them all, when someone makes apple butter, you got to run and get that jar. You know, uh, maple syrup in the central part of West Virginia, that's a big thing. So if someone makes maple syrup, you're going to run there to pick it up. Just know your people, know what you have. Uh, the challenge every day is, is to get up, I guess, and, and go out there and make sure everyone knows what you have. And be, and be glad that you are part of agriculture because we are small. I mean, we all know that. Anyone that's in agriculture knows uh, there's not millions of us right. around. They're, they're just not. And so 2% of whatever people feed everyone else. And you, and you just got to understand that concept and, and accept that role and, and be glad you're part of it. Be glad you're in it. So Perfect. Now, on the flip side of everything, what do you think is the best part of working in agriculture or environmental sciences? For me personally, I think the best part is knowing that I'm working on something that will change the food industry. I know that when we, we develop a disease resistant or we develop a better quality filet, those things will go on a consumer's table and it will better them, number one, that they don't have to purchase as much. The filet is a little larger. So therefore, they don't have to purchase three of them. One of them will take care of it. Um, I think when you deal with a lot of the other agricultural parts, um, beef, we'll use beef as an example. I think having that quality product that suits someone's needs, there are those people who want them grain-fed. That's how they have to be. There's others that want them on grass, and they're grass-fed. You just got to know which one of those uh, that, that suits you or suits what you're doing and just make that, that product the best you can. And hopefully it is acceptable. Um, it's, it's hard to do that at times though. It really is. It's hard to get those products to where you need them to be uh, for everyone. And just, just knowing that, and, you know, I think it's a lot. Whether you talk the, the federal agency or state agency, it's amazing how many agencies are out there that can help uh, right. with information, uh, our universities. Um, all of our extension service, you know, and, and a lot of extension people will get knowledge and stuff from us or they'll share things with us. You have to be willing to share. I mean, we know this, Elizabeth, that the greatest knowledge you ever have is you got to open your mind and right. let pe other people talk. Sometimes my problem is I don't know to shut up, but <laughs> let, let people be able to let you know that there is a different way and, and be able to accept that sometimes, I, I think, is, is a challenge that we have, um, you know, in agriculture, um, and especially dealing with those folks sometimes that aren't as willing to accept it, the age diversity that we have, mm -hmm. understanding we have so many young people that are in those niche type markets and you still got the very traditional farmer that wants to stay extremely traditional. There's times that it's, it's hard for that very traditional person to make it in our industry. Um, they have a great product, they just don't have that marketing strategies and things to get rid of them. So, so they get less money simply because uh, for lack of terms, they, have, they don't have that knowledge or they're afraid to ask for that or for the help. Because some things I think older we become, myself included, you, you get to a point you don't want to ask for help. You, you're embarrassed by that. And, and I think that's the worst thing we can be is we got to be willing to accept that there are times that maybe the 23-year-old knows more about the subject than we do. Um, you know, and that's the great thing about working for the ARS. There's a ton of young people come into this agency and they bring a wealth of knowledge with them and, and, and they bring a knowledge of experience from all over the country. And so you got to be willing to open your mind and, and say, you know what? Okay, I, I can change. 
even though I don't want to change because I've done this for 20 years, it probably is better to do it your way. So, and times change all the time. No, you're good. (laughs) So times are always changing. And the great thing about, um, especially extension services is they have opportunities for us to learn more. And I saw recently they they're doing marketing strategy meetings for people to attend and, you know, try to figure out the best way to sell their product. So there's always those opportunities out there all the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, why should people get involved in agriculture at all? Um, I, I think we, we, we've got to get people involved, the, young, the younger, the better. Um, and I, and I, cause I think they bring that, that energy cause we need the energy. Um, and, and let's face it, we have changed. Uh, we don't just take and haul animals to a farmer's market anymore. We have direct marketing, uh, schemes and and things set up that will uh, make it easy for them to be able to market it. We need people involved in agriculture because if not, we're going to be in trouble nationally, um, our food chain. We got to be able to take and supply those those small communities. Uh, You know, I I guess a good way to look at it is it's not hard if you live in a city for you to go get food. Right. Sometimes when you live in rural communities, extremely rural communities, you go into those, there could be one outlet only for you to take and be able to get any of the products of what you need. So the amount you're gonna get, the diversity is not there. So I think if you get those folks in agriculture locally, people can buy locally. And I have found in this area in the last 20 years, it is crazy how much in 20 years in, in the panhandle that the farmer's markets and the niche markets have changed. And, and what an impact they have now. COVID has face changed how we all think about everything. Um, I went from love going out to the grocery store, love doing that shopping like that, to going online. And of course, having a 30-year-old daughter, no big deal for her. Uh, 50-some-year-old father, yeah, a little different situation. And me being like, I don't, I don't like this. And right. to be honest with you, the first couple of months, I did not like it. Well, now it's almost become a routine to get online and find that product. I honestly do that before I'm like, well, I'm not gonna get in a truck and get downtown to do mm-hmm. this. If I can get this, they'll deliver it to my house. You know. Um, now the downside is maybe I've gained 20 pounds because of that. Cause at least if I got out, I was walking. So I don't know, maybe we get a look at it that way as well. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it's a time I think we all need to be in there. Right. Um, and yourself, I mean, as a young person, you got your whole life ahead of you. What you, you got to make these decisions of what part of agriculture you want to make an impact. You know, that's where we went back. If no one ever becomes you because of you, that's now's the time for you to think about that. How will you make an impact on those? And, and I know all of the different uh, pageants and stuff you've been in, you've made a difference on some little girl. You have, that's, you will not, you may not goal. even know it. You may not even know that person, but you've made a difference just simply because they looked up and said, hey, I can be like Elizabeth. And I, and I just think that's what we do. I think in agriculture, we've got to let people know it's okay for you to try. And it's okay for you to come and ask me. I may not know all the answers, but we'll try to find something for you to help you out. Um, I, I do believe it's important that we do that. So. Now, with that statement, you're asking people who may never have been around agriculture before to start in, in the industry. What advice would you give to those people, the first-generation farmers, the first-generation agriculturists? What advice would you give to them? 
go to use your extension service. Um, you know, use your federal and state agencies that you have. Uh, get all the knowledge you can about the product. Um, I would say if I was you, I would stay very narrow for the product. Um, don't go out and think you can raise 20 acres of strawberries and 30 acres of potatoes and whatever. No, you, you need to start small and then you need to take and advance that out and do something you love. Don't pick something just because you think it's going to make a lot of money or, some, or the neighbor says it is. Pick something that you think you're going to absolutely have a blast raising. If that's sheep, then it's sheep. If it's fish, it's fish. You know, myself, I absolutely love pigs. And that's what I do, okay? The craziness is I, I don't do research on pigs or anything else, but I absolutely love having pigs around the house and feeding them or whatever. Um, you know, they're hard heads. Maybe that's why I like it. I'm not for sure. But you've got to find that thing that's, that's yours. And, and, you know, you, you're an equestrian person. Find that. Maybe giving those horseback riding lessons, maybe that's it. Maybe that's your community. It doesn't have it. And if you, you got horses and kids can come and learn and do that, I think that's where you'll build the interest is getting those, those younger ones in. And for those young farmers, please, whatever you do, use your extension service. That's what they're there for. They want to help you. You know, they have no problem coming to your house, the Soil Conservation Service, um, NR, NRS Service. None of those have a problem coming and helping you. That's what they want to do. They want, to, they want you to succeed because it helps them. I mean, okay, here was the success story, you know, so. And if you get up every morning and you love your job, then you'll never work a day in your life. And that's always been a goal for a lot Absolutely. of people too. Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's one thing that you could tell your West Virginians about agriculture, what would it be? Be proud of your state. Be proud that you're from here. I always am. I would never hide that. Um, no matter where I'm at in the country. Um, you know, I, I'm proud that I work every day in West Virginia. I, I'm very fortunate that, that I grew up and was able to go to work and I've been able to stay in West Virginia. Not everyone can do that. It doesn't mean when you leave West Virginia and you're now living in Texas, it doesn't mean you're not proud of West Virginia. Absolutely. But I think, I think you've got to be proud of what you are. You gotta, if you're in agriculture, you've got to be proud that you promote that agriculture in West Virginia. Um, if you're an attorney in West Virginia, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do in life. Just be proud of what you are, who you are. Do everything you can for you, your family, God. You know, I mean, that's, that's all we are. Life is so short. You know, don't walk around with that frown. It's just, it's just not worth it. It, re it really is not. Now, taking from my favorite speech for our final question today uh, by E.M. Tiffany, why do you believe in the future of agriculture? Well, um, I, I think that's first, that paragraph of, of the creed, you know, I believe in the future of agriculture with a faith born not of words, but of deeds, achievements won by the present and past generations of agriculturists and the promise of better days through better ways, even as the better things we now enjoy have come to us in the struggles of former years. I had to learn that in 1982. You know, made my heart I mean, feel really good. It's, it's why we all, whether it's 4-H, FFA, Boys and Girls Clubs, Boys and Girl Scouts, it, it really does not matter. What the future that you have or the future that you build will be those people that have impacted your life. My impact on my life was an agriculture education teacher, Dr. Larry Watson from Marion County, still my hero to this day. He impacted my life. He set my life and my future to where it was going to be. I was going to be a Marine. 
I was going into Marines as a freshman in high school. And by the time the second semester of my freshman year, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be in agriculture the rest of my life. So the future, to me, sometimes we don't know that as young people. We definitely don't know that in middle school. I'm always, I'm always amazed when they ask them, pick your career. What? Seriously? I mean, come on. I, I, I didn't come here until I was 36 years old. You know, come on, pick your career. I, I didn't even know this career was available to me. Sometimes you don't know that. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got to take the future and say, okay, it's what I'm going to make it, number one, as a young person. And number two, as, as adults, we've got to take and direct young people sometimes to help them figure out that if it's what they want to be. You don't have to be. I mean, you may not like agriculture. I don't want to wake up every morning, go out to the barn, feed an animal, and smell. You know, I mean, that's how you feel. But there's some of us that come to work and, okay, our boots are a little dirtier than maybe they should be because we, went, we stopped by the barn. But I think future is, is, is in you. It's in the person. You've got to decide what you want to do in life. I mean, I've, I've had an amazing life. I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing family, friends, students I've worked with. You know, I couldn't ask for any more. Um, so I think your future is you. you got to decide that. Well, I, okay, I can't tell you how thankful I am that you have done this interview with me today. Um, you've given my viewers a ton of life advice and a ton of things to listen to. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with me today. No problem. Thank you, Elizabeth. I, I, really, I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, guys, that ends our Farmer Friday video for today. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, remember to thank a farmer.